God, we love you today. We praise you. We thank you today. As we spoke last week, that we want to be, we want to be rooted in Christ. Because when we're rooted in you, Christ, you begin to show us who we are in you. You begin to define who we are. And as you define who we are, we begin to live out the life that you have for us. Lord, I'm reminded today of John 10, verse 10, where you said, you came to give us life and life overflowing. God, teach us to be rooted in you. Teach us to magnify you. Teach us to put you at the center of our hearts and our being. See, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, turn to two or three people around you. Greet them. Say hi. Someone's so good to be with church. To see them at church today as you're doing that. Welcome to those online. Thank you for logging in for church online, whatever city, state, country you're in. We're so glad you're joining us today. Give a shout out to our host. Let us know where you're watching from. And we'd love for you to come visit us sometime again. You're part of the family online. And uh, we're so blessed that you're joining us today. Well, it's good to see everybody. And uh, on a playoff Sunday and um, I can see some jerseys in the house. Brother Rick is representing Dallas and, uh, and so I'm going to pray for you, Rick. I'm just going to pray for you. No booing. Hey, no booing. No booing in the house of the Lord. We're going to be, <laughs> we're actually going to be talking about rooting and committing. <laughs> Don't walk out. <laughs> I, I'm actually, even though Chiefs, Chiefs won, so I'm happy. I can preach today. <laughs> you're like all decked out <laughs> I love it I love it oh man there's hope there's hope brother there's hope he's faithful amen it's the anchor for us all <laughs> it's so good to be with you today at church and again welcome to those online as well if you're new this Sunday forgive us we're family we're a little crazy you know family sometimes is crazy and uh, well, we're glad you're here if this is your first Sunday stop by our new here start here tent uh, located out front of the building we've got a little bag for you with some goodies and our team just wants to say hi and uh, honor you and uh, we're just again we're just glad that you're here uh hey it's jumping sunday and some of you have noticed the flamingos and the the team all decked out there and and what is jump jumping sunday uh jumping sunday is an opportunity for you to find an area to use your gifts and talents you know we believe our vision at mountain park is realizing your role in god's story what does that mean simply means this you have a role in God's story. And so we have all these incredible opportunities for you to jump in. And, and you must say, I had someone that came to me and said, you know, I heard you had needs for camera operators. And, and the reason why is we, a couple of months ago, we bought some new cameras that are coming in and for online church. You might not know this, but a lot of people that are new and come to church, they tell us that, you know, they've been watching online for a season and now they're coming. And so online is so important uh, to us. And so, uh, and so I said, yeah, we need to, he goes, I've never run a camera. I was like, I, it doesn't matter. We'll teach you. We'll teach you. And so that's, that's fun. You get to learn some new things. And so we need help in kids ministry, youth ministry, and, and a welcome team. There's all these areas. And so I want to encourage you. You can't do everything. You can do something. And so, uh, you know, yeah, in the family, you have a role. And so I encourage you after service to go take a look at the list of areas, sign up for a whole bunch. You don't have to commit. Just sign up. They'll contact you. The team will contact you, tell you more about it, and see if 
if it's an opportunity for you to jump in and make a difference. Hey, I know there's a whole bunch of you in the fast right now, the 21-day fast, and uh, next Sunday night at 6.30, we're gonna have a night of worship right here, worship, communion, prayer time to end the fast. And I wanna encourage you, if you haven't been fasting, maybe jump in the next few days. Just say, you know what, I wanna jump in this week and do a seven-day fast, that's okay. And it could be a social media, it could be a food fast, whatever, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. But next Sunday night, we're gonna have a night of worship to close that. Uh, and then uh, uh, I'm excited too, because Alpha is launched right now. Our, our Alpha truck is launched. And so uh, be praying and you can still jump in with our group up in Alpha, meaning uh, if you wanna know more about Christianity, Jesus, you're new to faith, uh, I met some people that are going up there, and uh, Alpha's the place for you to ask, you know, ask questions about salvation, heaven, how, all these things. Uh, Alpha's for you, and so it is launching now, but you can still group up. I'm really excited about that. And then um, this week, we, uh, uh, we launched uh, Rooted Groups, and if you don't have a journal, you can get one after service at the white marble table. And what we're doing over the next 10 weeks is the Sunday sermons now go into the groups and you can kind of discuss. I said last week, you know, on Sunday, you, you're listening to me and hopefully you understand my accent. Pray for that. But, you know, you're, you're listening to me. It's a one-way conversation. But when you get into groups, this is where you can talk about the sermon and go deeper and we have questions for you. And so I encourage you to get a rooted journal uh, as we go in the next couple of weeks. And and uh, I, uh, I was excited because this week, uh, Pastor Dwayne gave me the numbers. Uh, you know, at, at Mountain Park, we have, we have two kinds of groups. We have focus groups, which is like uh, Marriage Monday, which tomorrow night, they're gonna be launching and re-engage and engage is tomorrow night. And a whole bunch of people signed up there. We had, we had Financial Peace launch this Wednesday. That's a focus group and over 20 people in there. And uh, we have trauma groups and they, they had a large bunch that showed up to that. And uh, divorce care groups, we had 69 people in focus groups, but we're getting ready for another 50 plus in marriage. So that's amazing. But in community groups, in rooted Bible study groups this week, we had 318 people. That is amazing. And so you we know, say, well, what's the deal? Normally at Mountain Park, Pastor Dwayne was telling me, we average in community Bible study groups, we averaged last year 187. We have 318 already in community groups. That's almost double. And so I'm so excited about that. Uh, and the reason why I'm excited, because I really believe that life happens in authentic community. Life happens when you get into a group. You know, I'm a pastor that believes that we're not a church with groups, we're a church of groups. That means we want you to get into a group. And so if you're not in a group yet, I wanna encourage you, it's not too late. Uh, we have on our website listed all the men's groups, women's groups, couples groups, uh, even our empty nesters groups are meeting right now. They show up at nine and then they go into their group during this service and we've, we've multiplied groups there. I'm so excited about that. Wednesday night, this past Wednesday, we did a relaunch of midweek. Uh, Pastor Dwayne led a little worship. I did a little 10-minute little nugget. And then we broke into groups throughout this campus. And uh, it was just so much fun. I even, I even jumped in a group and uh, just had a great time. And so you can still uh, group up. 
Uh, so check out, uh, check out this Wednesday. If you, don't, if you want to know more, come Wednesday night. And also, ladies, Wednesday morning, we relaunched the women's, uh, a women's group, and over 40 women came here on Wednesday morning, 9 a.m., and they had an absolutely amazing time. So there is a group for you, uh, young adults tonight, uh, youth group tonight, and so a lot of great things happening. So uh, last week, we jumped into week one of Rooted, and we spoke about being rooted in Christ. Uh, our key verse was Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him or live in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. We said last week that once we invite Jesus to come into our lives, we acknowledge that we're sinners, and the book of Romans says that we've all missed God's mark. There's not one of us in this room that can say, I have not sinned. There's not one of us that can say, uh, I'm, I'm good enough to get to heaven, because works doesn't get you to heaven. It's faith in Jesus. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody goes to the Father but through me. And so Jesus is our salvation. He took your sin and my sin on the cross. And so as we put our faith and acknowledge that, we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The Bible says that he removes our sins. And now the Bible says, Paul says, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit, God's presence in our life. And so yeah, in Colossians, Paul says, now that you've received Christ as Lord and Savior, now you're to walk. What does that mean? You're to do life rooted in Christ. He says, you've got to put your roots down into who God says you are. We had a statement last week that said this, that if we want to experience the life that Christ designed for us, what are we gonna do? We must embrace his definition of who we are and find our identities in him. So I said to you last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old man has gone. Be old, all is new. I'm excited. Next Sunday, we're going to have some people getting water baptized at both services. And what are they doing? They are declaring to all of us that the old sinner, the old self has been buried in Christ. And as they come out of water, they're declaring that I am a new creation. In the book of Ephesians, Paul says, you've got to renew the attitude of your mind and put on the new man. And we spoke about that a couple of months ago where Paul is literally saying this, that you know, putting on, the, renewing the mind is not fixing the old me. Renewing the mind is understanding who I am as the new me in Christ Jesus, that I am rooted in Christ. So I'm not trying to fix the old me. I'm trying to live as the new creation in Christ Jesus is what Paul is saying. So we talk about rooted, rooted in Christ. Today in part two, we're gonna talk about being rooted in community. Rooted in in community. You see, as we, we begin to say, I want to be planted in the soil of Christ. I want to be planted in the kingdom of God. I'm, I'm putting my roots down in Christ, but I need to be also planted in God's community, rooted in his community. Our key verse today is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. And listen to the words of Peter, but you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of, uh, excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have 
received mercy. And it's so beautiful. Again, I'm gonna draw today, and I, I did have an eight-year-old this week show me her artwork and her art skills. And uh, I was pretty embarrassed about my artwork and my art skills. And uh, please don't let your kids abuse the senior pastor. It's just, it's not fun. And I said, you know what I said to her? I said, Princess, maybe you should be on stage and draw while I speak. And she's like, no, pastor, that's never gonna happen. But I'm gonna try today again to illustrate some of this. And so we said last week that God, God, we know this Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth, God, God created man, and we know that man sinned, Adam and Eve sinned, and through Adam and Eve, sin was passed down to, through all generations, and so you and I, when we're, when we're born, we're, we're born in sin, no one taught you how to sin, you didn't go to a class on how to sin, it was in your fallen nature, and so as God looked at the world, the world uh, after Adam and Eve was fallen, fallen world or darkness, the kingdom of darkness. And so you and I, when we are born, we're born in sin. We're, in, in a sense, we're living in the kingdom of darkness. We're ruled by the kingdom of darkness. So what, what did God do? We know that God so loved us that he sent his son, Jesus. What did Jesus do when he died on the cross? Well, the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, the wages of sin or the penalty of sin Again, that's you, you and I, we're sinners. The penalty of sin or the consequence of sin is separation or death. Death or separation from God. What does that mean? Simply means this. You and I, because of our sin, cannot have a relationship with God. We're sinners. We don't deserve eternity. We're unholy. He's holy. We're not. And so he loved us so much, the penalty of sin was death, but the gift of God, the gift he gave to us in Jesus was eternal life. And so that's why you have John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And now what we read in Peter is so beautiful because what we read in Peter is that God literally, when we put our faith in Jesus, when we receive this gift of eternal life, when we identify that Jesus died for my sins, he paid the price for my sins, he's my savior and my Lord. Peter says, you are now what? Transplanted from darkness into what? Into light. Or the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. And so yeah, I am now. We spoke about this last week. I'm taken, when I put my life in Jesus, I'm planted from darkness into light. I'm a child of God. I'm what? A royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm God. God, who when he looked down and he saw my sins, he gave me what? Mercy. Mercy is something we don't talk about a lot in church. We talk a lot about grace. What is grace? Grace is God giving me what I don't deserve. What is that? Forgiveness, love, peace. All the fruits of the Spirit, His presence in my life, that's grace. But what is mercy? Peter says, yeah, says, what you, God, God gave us mercy. What is mercy? God withholding what I do deserve. You see, I didn't deserve to have a relationship with God. I didn't deserve to be forgiven. I deserved the penalty of sin, separation. But God withheld what I did deserve, and He gave me grace. He gave me His Son, Jesus 
who went to the cross for my sins and paid the price so that I can now move from darkness into light. And then last week I said this, now that I am in, the, now as a child of God, I'm rooted in Christ. Just, just pretend this is a root, a tap root, okay? Drawing's getting bad. I am now an ambassador. What is an ambassador? Ambassador is one that represents. Paul says this, you're, you're in the world, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. What is Paul saying? You're light in darkness. What did Jesus say? No one puts a lamp under a basket and cover it on a hill. No, you let the light shine. You and I are ambassadors of God's kingdom, the kingdom of light into a world that is fallen and dark, and our job is to have ambassadors to represent that's why our mission is what? To help people realize their role in God's story. We're, as we're living here on planet earth, rooted in Christ, our job is to represent the kingdom of light, to help others realize their role in God's story. That's our assignment. And so let's dig a little deeper into this now. In, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 12 in the message, 12 to 13 in the message translation, listen to what Paul says. And you can easily see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, there's still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ by means of his one spirit. We all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to uh, independently call our own shots but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaim in word and in action when we were baptized. Each of us now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained in the one fountain, his spirit, where we all uh, come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves with, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger and more comprehensive. And what is Paul saying to us in this passage? Saying something really powerful. He's saying that, see, you and I, when we lived in this fallen world, you know what? We were very selfish, if we're honest. Life was all about us. Life is about our dreams. Life's about, you know, what we can get. Life's even about how we can use people. But we were very selfish when we lived in this fallen world. We, we have excuses and reasons for why we did things and, and why we went. But when we come into this place of coming from darkness into light, what Paul is saying, Corinthians, is when, when, when you here who was selfish and, and, and your friend who was selfish, when we came to a place of accepting Jesus, what happened is God now took our individual, Paul says, yeah, you were living your individual life, you were calling the shots, you were doing your thing. Paul says, what did he do? He transported you into the kingdom of light. But now this here, we are no longer independent. We are now part of what we call the body or the family of God. And our head is Jesus. And this is very important. Because today as we talk about being rooted in community, we need to understand that rooted in community is something that Jesus did. Paul says, I want you to understand that just like your body has different parts, so the family, the church, is made up like a body with different parts. And if you read the rest of this passage in Corinthians, Paul's saying, it's, no, it's not like the ear can say to the foot, I don't need you. Or the eye say to the hand, I don't need you. 
Paul actually says in the message translation, if, you, if we were all an eye, we would look like a monster. Look weird, an eye bouncing around. The eye needs the hand, the ear needs the nose, it's the body. And what does that simply mean? Paul, as he's painting this picture of the body, is saying, you need to understand that God, when he transplanted you out of darkness, he planted you in a family called the church, his body. And the body is made of different people. You are no longer, don't say, well, I'm a Jew, I'm a Greek. I was a slave, I was free. No, 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 no. All of that has been removed. We are now called the body or the family of God. All equal, all important. You're important, you're important, you're important, you're important, you're important, you're important. We all have different roles, but we're all important. We're a family. And that's why being rooted in community is so important. We need each other. And one day the good news is as the body or the family or the bride, the bridegroom, the head, Jesus, is coming back to fetch his bride, to fetch his body, the church. That's why at Mountain Park, we talk about one of our culture values. We are family. We are family. Why? Because Jesus planted us in community, in family. He calls us to do life together. Now, a couple of years ago, I was doing ministry in Hawaii. My wife and I were in Hawaii suffering for Jesus for four and a half years. (laughs) And uh, I remember one of my mentors there uh, said this. He said, do you know the story of the palm trees in Hawaii? Beautiful picture, just to tease you a little bit. Doesn't it look amazing? Put a hammock there. Kind of just chill, kind of fun, beautiful. He said, do you, remember the, do you know the story of the palm? I said, no. He said, oh, grasshopper, let me tell you the story of the palm tree. You didn't say that. But the palm trees are interesting because let's go to the next photo of a hurricane hitting palm trees. Palm trees can bend and come back. Palm trees can, let's look at the next photo in Florida after devastation of a hurricane. Look at the, those cars everywhere and just, just devastation, but look at the palm trees still standing. And he said to me, he said, this man just said, let me tell you, do you know the story? I said, no, I don't. He said, let me tell you the story of why palm trees stand. I want to share this this morning with you. Again, I'm no horticulturalist. I nailed it. I worked so hard on that word this week. You got no idea. That's in front of a mirror. Horticulturalist. (laughs) I'm no expert when it comes to trees. I love cactuses. Easy. Done. Finished. A little bit of water. Done. But he told me this lesson. He said, you know why they can... Why they can bend like that and come back and, and, and why, why if there's a whole bunch of palm trees around, you know why they don't get uprooted after hurricanes and winds and just devastation around them, but they're still standing? I said, no, I have no idea. We said, well, grasshopper, you need to understand that palm trees don't have a tap root, a main root. I said, what's a tap root? Did I teach you? I said, oh, taproot, the main root, yeah. Palm trees have a, a fibrous root system. Means no taproot. Fibrous means roots that just go out. No main root. Roots that just go out. So, what, so how does the palm tree stand? These roots can literally spread out for 100 feet. 
So if there are a bunch of palm trees in a row next to each other, the palm tree's roots go out, the palm trees next to its roots go out, and the roots begin to intertwine with each other. And intertwine with the tree on the left and the tree uh, on the right and the tree on the left. And the roots intertwine and the next one intertwines and the next one intertwines. And what am I saying to you? The palm tree on the left is saying, brother, I got you. And the palm tree on the right is saying, we're going to do this together. So when the wind and the hurricanes come, the root system might go 100, but it's intertwined and that one goes 100. It's intertwined. They're intertwined together and they stand as one. Isn't that cool? Kind of like the beech tree. Let's look at the beech tree. Its roots are exposed. Same thing a beech tree does. Its roots intertwine. See, they're rooted in tree community. Imagine what the church would look like if our roots, if we were rooted in community. Where I begin to say, hey, brother, I'm with you. Hey, brother, I'm with you. And a brother's linked with a brother. A band of brothers standing together. Imagine what God could do. I already said a couple of weeks ago in Deuteronomy, one will chase a thousand, two, ten thousands, three, a hundred thousand, four, a million. Imagine what would happen when we begin to be rooted in community and we stand together. And this is not some new idea. This is the plan of Jesus Christ to say, I don't want you to be left by yourself. I want you to do life with others. You need each other. So let's look at benefits really quickly. What are some benefits of being rooted in community? What are benefits of we are family, this culture value that we want to build at Mountain Park Church? Number one, if you're taking notes, we are better when we are rooted in community. Why? Because community is encouraging. Community is encouraging. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Paul says what? When you're rooted in community, you're getting encouragement. And you know, it's good to be rooted in Christ. And, what am I, and I want, let me just preference something very important really quickly. I'm not saying, well, pastor, you're just saying, let's just get rooted with each other. Yes, get rooted, but also you need the taproot. You gotta be rooted in Christ. Because some churches don't preach about Jesus. They preach about, let's all kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. And there's no taproot. They're not rooted in Christ. You need to be rooted in Christ. Your friends don't get you to heaven. Your faith in Jesus does. So you've got to have the taproot. Very important. So I'm not saying, don't walk away going, I'm just going to jump from group to group. No, no, no. You need to get rooted in Christ, number one. Very important. You've got to know, I'm a child of God. But then you need to get rooted in community. Why? Because that's where you get encouragement. When you get into community, there's encouragement. I even joined, enjoyed this week. I went to one of the men's group. Rolf Kaiser was sitting there, was leading the group. And I know as we sat down, five of us, Rolf kind of looked at me, are you leading? I'm like, no, you're the leader. I'm participating. <laughs> kind of nervous, I think. But Rolf wasn't nervous. I mean, Rolf's, you know, Rolf's a stud. He doesn't get nervous. He's, he's a man. So he led the group. And I enjoyed it because I was a participant. I got to join in and share. And hey, I mean, and I left that group encouraged. I, I need encouragement too, just like you do. I also have flesh and blood. We all need encouragement. And so let's get rooted into what? The family, the family. Let's get encouragement from each other. Why? Because when we encourage each other, we're encouraging each other in the word of God. We're not just, next week I'm gonna talk about this. We're not just rooted, next week talk about truth. We're not just, we don't, we don't wanna get rooted in people's opinions. We wanna be rooted in people that encourage us with the word of God. The word of God. Who, so here's the question. 
Who's encouraging you? Who's building you up so that you can be, become more like Jesus Christ? So the fruit of the Spirit, as we spoke about last week, can grow. Who's encouraging you? Who, who are you connected with here at Mountain Park Church? Who's encouraging you? The second thing is community is fun. Community is fun. Psalms 133 verse one, behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It's fun when you get together in community and, and you can celebrate and high five. And you know, I remember Christmas, uh, my wife and I were invited to the empty nesters Christmas party. And I had no idea what that, let me tell you, we had so much fun. We had food, we played Christmas games, we learned about each other. And I just left there going, I know I'm, I'm young, I wonder if they'll let me keep coming back. I just wanna, that was fun, they have so much fun. It's fun when you get into community. You laugh together. Fun, there's moments where you cry together. But it's fun, community is fun. And then number three, I love this, community attracts the Holy Spirit. There's Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. You see, when we come together in community and we pray together and we agree together and we pray according to God's word together, man, it's powerful. We're in unity. In verse 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am amongst them. There's something beautiful when we come together. You know, I even watched it this morning. Some of you walked into church this morning. Like, okay, I made it. I'm here. So, oh, I've had such a week. It's been rough. It's been, but I didn't want to come this morning. I rolled out of bed. I kicked the dog. Cappuccino machine didn't want to work, but I made it. I'm here, pastor. I know. I'm glad you're here. But you know what happens when we began to worship together and we began to pray together? All of a sudden, that heaviness we walked in began to lift. But you know why? It's called a family or corporate anointing, a family. You see, when two or more are gathered in my name, I am there, his presence. There's something beautiful that happens when the body, when we're rooted in community and we come together, there's something beautiful that happens, the presence of God, and we begin to feel, you know what? Hey, if they can raise their hands, I can raise my hands. If they can sing, if they can clap, I can sing, and I, I can clap, and it begins to declare, there's nothing that our God can't do. When I walked in here, I didn't know if God could do anything, but you know what? As I began to worship with my family, my faith began to rise. Rise, and I begin to say, you know what? There's nothing that our God can't do. See, that's what rooted in community does. Rooted in community. We're in this together. And then number four, community fosters love. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. We're not to provoke one another. We're not to challenge one another. We're not to be mean to one another. We're to what? To stir up one another to what? Love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together. There it is. What does that mean? Get to church. Get into a group. Why? Because you need to get your roots down. You need to get rooted. You need people in your life. As some of the habit of do. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Something beautiful that happens when you're rooted in community. The love of God begins to flow. Let me tell you something. I think there's a word that is a very dangerous word. A very, a, a word that wants to shift you from this back into this. The word is isolation. Isolation is the devil's playground. 
when you stand. You see, when you stand by yourself and you're not rooted in this, you don't, you're not rooted in Christ and you're not rooted, guess what? Isolation is so dangerous because that's when you begin to be tossed to and fro and, and your faith and you, and you, and, and, and let me tell you something, in a church our size, it's so important for you to get rooted. It's so rooted in community. Why? Because I don't have the gift of telepathy. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're going through. I don't have that gift. Praise God, I don't. So it's so easy in a church our size, and I hear this, well, we don't want the church to get too big. No, 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 no. That's selfish. What you're really saying is, if the church grows, who will notice me? Because in God's church, he wants everybody to come to salvation. We don't have enough room here. We don't have, we, we should have the faith of, there are so many people out there in our neighborhoods who don't have Jesus, and without Jesus, they're gonna stay here, and one day they're gonna face judgment, and we need to help them. We need to get as many to come to salvation so they can come into the family of God. Yes. And so the bigger we get, I understand, well, pastor, who's gonna notice me? That's why you need to be in a group. You need to be in a group that when you begin to go, oh man, the hurricane's coming, I, I think I'm gonna be uprooted, that you got some brothers and you got some sisters on the side that say, hey, my roots are intertwined with you. I'm standing with you. You're not alone. Let, let's get rid of the, well, if they know the stuff in my life. Oh, if they, pastor, if they know the stuff of my life, they're gonna run away from me. How do you know that? Let me ask you a question. Did Jesus run away from you? He gave his life for you. And then he tells his people, hey, don't judge, lest you be judged. The church should be the safest place where we can get rooted in authentic community. We can get people, we're rooted in Christ and we're rooted in community and we're standing together because Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you're gonna have trials, you're gonna have tribulations, you're gonna have storms and hurricanes, you're gonna get bad reports and bad news. But he says, you can what? You can have joy, why? Because I am with you and I've planted you in community. You go, brothers and sisters, I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna walk with you. So let's go to point number five and you're not gonna like this one, but it's okay. It's okay. Pray about it. Community brings needed accountability. Community brings needed accountability. What does that mean? You see, when you're in a group and all of a sudden you start to go down a dark path, what a what brother's gonna do? Hey, get back here into community. Uh, you know, community is so powerful. I'm so glad in my life that number one, my wife, it's my accountability. I embrace it. I can't fake my wife. Honey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Jesus is on the throne. What's going on? Because that ain't normal. You don't talk like that. No, I'm good. I'm, you know, I love it. Because when you're rooted around people that are the same heart and spirit as you, they'll pick up. The Holy Spirit will begin to tell them something's not right. And I'll just say, hey, but you know, I have four guys in my life. When I phone them, they know the tone of my voice. They're literally, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. No, what's up? Like they just know. 
God has put them in my life. But you know what? As wonderful as that sounds, I have to invite the accountability into my life. I have to invite these four guys' accountability into my life. There's many in this church. I love uh, my brother Terry who's sitting over there. Terry and Bob, uh, I meet with them for coffee once a month. And at the end of our meeting of coffee time, we talk about theology and Bible and who knows what we're gonna talk about. And at the end, we say, Charlton, so how are you doing? And I know the question. What's going on inside your heart? How are you doing? Not how's the church doing? How are you doing? And I don't turn around and go, how dare you ask me that question? I've been fasting and praying and life journaling every day. Don't you know my role at Mountain Park Church? No, I invite it. Hey, guys, pray for me in this. Hey, there's a lot on my plate right now. I love it. There's some guys in the church that, that in this church, some, some uh, uh, they're armor bearers, becoming armor bearers in my life that will say, hey, how's Cindy and Shay? Because we see you everywhere. How's Cindy and Shay doing? How do I go, hey, it's my marriage and my daughter. What do you mean? What do you, what do you, hey. Hey, it's off bounds. No, I invite accountability because the hearts are not to hurt me. It's to help me. It's to help me to be what? Rooted in community. See, I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not doing. I was in a Wednesday group up, Bible study. I didn't lead it. I was in a group. Why? Because I need to be in a group with other men. Because I, I need them in my life. Who are you rooted with? Who knows when you go missing and wondering? Because... Maybe the reason is not, well, the church is too big. Maybe the reason is you're not rooted in community. Yes. You're not rooted. You're not doing life with others. Well, pastor, why do I need this? Because we are better together. Because we grow together. Because isolation is not a healthy place for you to grow. If isolation was okay, Jesus would have picked one disciple and not 12. Think about that. He didn't send them out one by one, two by two. Rooted in community. Galatians chapter six, verse one and two says this then. Brethren, if a man is overtaken by any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. So fulfill the law of Christ. I love that. He says, come on, you're a body, you're a family. Do life together and carry the burdens together. And Acts, when the church was planted, it said they sold stuff to meet needs. They helped no one. No one, when the church was birthed in the book of Acts, no one went without Like Everybody was cared for. Why? Because we're family. We're family. There's going to be times, as I read Galatians, there's going to be times where there's someone that's going to fall. God needs you to pick them up. There's times where you're going to fall. You need someone to pick you up. Paul says, do it with a spirit of gentleness. See, the church is not a place to judge. Church is a place to love, to do life together, because we need each other. Called the family the body of Christ, the bride. Are you rooted in community? If you're not, I'm, I'm not up here to judge you. 
I'm just trying today to help you understand we are family and life is better together. You need some brothers in your life. You need some sisters. We've got all kinds of groups for you. It's not too late to jump in. But maybe getting someone to stand with you is what you need in this season. If your marriage is going through a hard time, maybe tomorrow night, show up for Marriage Mondays because you need some couples to get around you. God, stand with you. Maybe a woman's group. Young adults tonight, young adults, maybe come tonight. Jump into young adults group. Get good people around you. Gonna help you grow in Jesus, amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you today that you loved us. There's now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. God, you don't condemn us of our sins. You paid the price for our sins. We don't have to be bound by guilt or shame or how bad we were. God, you, you saved us that we could be new creations, forgiven. You came to give us new life. And so I thank you today as we just open our hearts to you, Jesus, that you will transform and change us. It is for freedom that you came to set us free is what the Bible teaches us. But God, help us today to take that next step. For some of us today, we're in community. Maybe our next step is to really be more aware of who's in our group and how we can help them. But maybe today our next step for some of us is it's time to move forward and find a group. It's time to get rooted in community. It's time for us to find that encouragement, to have that fun, to grow with others, to invite that accountability. Your word says in Proverbs 27 that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. God, we need people to sharpen us. We need people that can see what we can't see in the blind spots of our life. We need your family. So help us to take that next step, God. Help us to be rooted in Christ and rooted in community. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.